Welcome to the Revenue Accelerators Podcast, a show featuring B2B sales and business leaders. Hosted by Excelogy founder and 19-year sales veteran with leadership experience in strategic enterprise and telecom sales, Deep Trichonod. This show uncovers strategies and techniques business leaders have used to go from zero to one and beyond. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe, rate, and review the show to help us reach more people. Revenue Accelerators is brought to you by Excelogy. We help B2B sales leaders improve sales performance by leveraging our patent-pending data-driven sales coaching systems. Find us at www.excelogy.com. Enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Thank you um, for attending another episode of Revenue Accelerators. Today, I'm with Brian McDonald, partner at On Purpose Growth, Revenue Growth Coaching and Consulting. Brian, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, uh, thanks, Deepa. I appreciate you you having me on. And you know, I've been in sales my whole twenty four plus uh, year career, and uh, been through a lot of school of hard knocks. You know, I had to figure it out along the way. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, would would you know listen to things like this and, and get mentors and did lots of training to to uh, be where right. I'm at. And, yep. and now uh, at On Purpose Growth, we're helping uh, ambitious entrepreneurs. Uh, who are looking to fulfill their uh, yearly or multi-year revenue goals, actually fulfill that ambition. And it's, it's fun. That's, that's awesome. So how, so on purpose growth, how long has that been around? How long have you been doing what you what you just said in terms of helping entrepreneurs kind of launch? Uh, About uh, 10 years. Uh, My, uh, my business partner, Jeff, uh, asked me to start the company with him when I was still in the insurance space. He took the leap and then I took the leap kind of right after him. So, uh, yeah, it's been fun because we're, we're typically working on strategy process, um, identifying bottlenecks, uh, in sales. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're just not managing teams. We're, uh, looking for root causes and, and trying to remove those things. So it's, 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 it's interesting work. So you focus on the entrepreneur or do you also have kind of established businesses or, or companies that you, that you, you help support? Yeah. Well? On the coaching side, it's the, the entrepreneur. Uh, mm-hmm. but then on the consulting side, we're working with companies, you know, 10 to, you know, a hundred million, lots of, uh, professional services, uh, or service-based businesses, you know, some manufacturing, uh, you know, but it's, it's all across the gamut. We worked with, uh, we have an M&A client to a, uh, an accounting client to oh, wow. somebody who rent, uh, rents, uh, temporary heating and cooling, uh, do, equipment. Do you focus on a particular type of organization, meaning, um, like tech companies in terms of, in terms of the startups or the entrepreneurs that are kind of launching? Does it matter to you? No, it doesn't matter. On the coaching side, it's more of uh, consulting. Uh, the you know the fractional world is blowing up. I work with yeah. a lot of I work with a lot of EOS implementers. I work with a lot of fractional CFOs, COOs, management consultants. You know things like that. People that develop some skill mm-hmm. or expertise in corporate America, and now they they uh, they decide to take the jump to entrepreneurship, and they need help uh, selling because what they're really good at is is the 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 skill or expertise sales wasn't isn't their natural suit. yeah it's not their, their yeah so that's on the coaching side on the on the consulting side it's it varies people hire us 
for the way that we think about uh, sales, not not necessarily because we helped another company like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, we take a lot of theory of constraints and continuous improvement principles and apply them to sales. So uh, it's a uh, I mean, everybody's going to say we have a different approach, but I guess that's all I can say is we got a different approach. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Have you, do you have any um, success stories around your entrepreneur coaching that you that oh. come, to, come to mind? Any talk t- with like, can you give an example? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, one client was a CFO, uh, uh, outsourced CFO. He uh, started his business. Uh, when I met him, it was six months old. He hadn't sold anything. <laughs> And in the first 90 days, uh, he got uh, $100,000 in, in down payments and put on uh, $15,000 of, uh, of monthly recurring revenue in the first 90 days. Oh, my gosh. That's that's awesome. And so can you share, like, what was his service? What is the service? Was it a product? Was he, uh, he, was, a, he was an outsourced CFO. So okay. he was selling uh, his CFO services. Uh, like, another one comes to mind, too. Uh Larry, he's a, a current client, been a client for a while. When I met him in in February of 2000, no, no. Yeah. February of 2018, mm-hmm. he was closing about 10% of the proposals he was making on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And he's a CFO. So he keeps his numbers by October of that uh, same year, 2018, he was closing 70 to 80% of the proposals he was making on a monthly basis. That's uh, awesome. And yeah, he, his revenue went through the roof and like in the middle of COVID, he had, uh, June of 2020, he had $72,000 of monthly recurring revenue in the middle of COVID. That's amazing. And, and you mentioned he's still a client or still, can you yeah, yeah, Larry, in there? yeah, yeah. I talked to him every so often. I so asked, do you, did you switch from coaching to consulting in his organization? Cause it sounds like he's, he's still kind of, he's mastered at least a little bit of what you've taught him. Yeah, it's more of maintenance, right? Like yeah. uh, he, uh, he he's going to retire, you know, sometime soon. Mm-hmm. And it's it's he's like, hey, I just want you around as an insurance policy. You know, I don't talk to him yeah. that much. It's more, you know, checking in and and it. Uh, I believe, and based on my relationship with him, it's just accountability. He created accountability structure with me, mm-hmm. where you know he checks in with me. He kind of runs the meeting, right? He's like, okay, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm running into. Hey, do you have any advice? Here's what we're going to do. Okay, boom, move on. And he comes back, you know, two, three weeks later and we run the same process. Nice, nice. So, uh, you he's turned him into a sales rep. You turned a CFO into a, C- a sales rep or CRO. And uh, he said, uh, and we were trying to skill up some of his, uh, his CFOs, right? Mm-hmm. To get them in the sales process. And uh, I was on with Larry and another guy uh, once, and in, it was in the beginning of helping this other person. And, and Larry said, listen, if I can do this, anybody can do this, right? <laughs> because he's just your 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 stereotypical, yeah. uh, you know, CFO. introvert CFO. Yep. And, and are these guys, are you mostly, I noticed you're in Chicago, the yep. Chicago area. Um, are most of your clients, are they face-to-face? Are they sometimes remote? Like, does it matter to you? How do you, how do you execute your strategy and your, your support of them? Uh, in, in 2017, uh, we were uh, in person and then I took mm-hmm. it virtual. So uh, everybody's virtual on the coaching side. The consulting yeah. sometimes will, you know, will go there, but, you know, to 
and Zoom is perfect for everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, and and funny, I had some coaching groups that were in person in 2017, and everybody was like, "No, I don't want to go virtual. I don't go virtual." And when we went virtual, they go, "This is great! Like, <laughs> I, I save an hour each way. I can be yep. anywhere, right?" So, I mean, and then once COVID hit, it it exploded, right? Like now everybody is totally fine with Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have like in your in your travels yourself personally? Do you have any kind of anecdotes, success stories, uh, failures and learnings and lessons learned from the school of hard knocks of sales, something that they don't teach you in business school or that you don't learn in, in college or high school, even for that matter? Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I have a, a personality of conflict avoidance, right? And I think, and we think we all do. In general, in sales, there's this, uh, you have, you have that 1% that is bold all the time, right? Your driver, high, high driver, but then there's everybody else, right? Yep. Which majority of us. And, um, they don't teach you how to finesse, you know, through a sales conversation to, to be bold and ask the hard questions, right? It's, it's yeah. uh, sometimes taught way too methodical. And I had an experience once where, I got a lead. I was talking to a prospect. I was in the insurance space and, uh, he was moving because he was, was unsure of his policy structure, right? The guy that he was working with. And, um, I almost tripled his premiums because it was set up completely wrong, right? It was just, it wasn't, his policy wasn't going to respond. He had employees in like six different states. On his workers' compensation, and, and did he were, know, like even going in, that that his policy was wrong? He had uh, he had suspicions, but not to the level of what what we found, okay. right? And 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 you know, there there was some pushback of him. It's like, oh, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? And um, instead of backing down, I was bold. I said, hey, if there's a fork in the road here, right? You can continue to do it the way that you're doing it. And um, you're not going to be completely yourself. covered. Right. You're not completely covered. Um, yeah. Or we can do it this way. And I remember, you know, I, uh, I talked to him on the phone. He knew something was coming. Uh, and when we met in person, I was sitting there with him and his, he had like an outsourced CFO sitting in the room and, uh, he was visibly getting mad, like visibly. I think at one point he said, I think I need a drink. And he, and it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a funny drink. It yeah. was, I'm that mad. And I finally, you know, towards the end of the conversation, I had, I, I said to him, so should I leave? And he looks at me, he goes, yes. And I oh left, room, right. I, I mean, I left, I went to my next, I went oh to my, my gosh. Meeting, okay. Right. It was, it was awkward. Um, did you close the deal? And I closed the deal and, and, and actually, um, what, it, what it, what it taught me was I can be to really serve people. Sometimes you just got to tell them the hard truth. And, and when you do it in a way, when you, when you, how do I say this? When you, when you show up in a way with somebody that, Hey, I'm not just trying to sell you something. I care. And this is like the, the tough love, right. Of, yeah. of getting this the right way. Even if they don't like it, they still respect you. And this is how much, this is how much this guy, uh, respected me that when after I left the insurance space, I, um, 
uh, I jumped on in on uh, on purpose growth. Three years after I left that business, he called me up and said, "Hey, I need your I need your advice. Uh, something's going on in my insurance again, and you're the only person that I trust. Can you talk that's, something that's, with me? That's right, huge. And, right, right. That that lasted right where that lasted past you know me being his broker. Right. Yeah. He felt he couldn't trust anybody because everybody else was just trying to sell him a bill of goods versus trying to help him get what he needs. There's a very big distinction in there. Huge. And and there, there's a there's a nuance in also making sure that you articulate it as the rep, right? That like you you know what they need, you know what's good for them potentially, but articulating that so that they know that that's what you're trying to do and not just sell them a bill of goods, right? That this is truly what you need. I'm not just trying to sell you an additional bill of goods and make my quota this quarter. It's you really need this and this is why. And being able to actually tell that story, I think is, is critical. Um, it, it, and it, it, there's, you know, there's so many books written about being the trusted advisor and effectively it sounded like that one meeting did it for you. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing too is, is, from the minute I started interacting with him, my actions and words lined up that there was, there was an, he felt that there was integrity through the whole yeah. thing. And when I was delivering him the bad news, it was delivered in integrity, right? Because I think there's this, there's this, um, what's the, between buyers and sellers, there's this, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like combative in a way, right? I buyer adversarial, needs, yeah. It's a adversarial, bit, I guess. Yeah. Adversarial. And he and and I whatever I did, I broke that down and he realized I wasn't an adversary. I was I was on did, his side. Did you ever find out what was what was pissing him off? Like what was it? Was it just the Oh, human? it was it was the it was it was the tripling of 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 money, right? Yeah. Like he did not expect that coming. He did yeah. not expect that coming, right? And it's kind of like the way I experience things like that is when I know it's the answer is something that I don't like, but yet it's the right thing. Yeah. It's the medicine. Yeah. It frustrates me because it's not what I want, but I got to go in this direction, whatever that is. Yep. Interesting. Interesting. And so, all right. So so you're spot on a hundred percent in terms of kind of, that's a nuance that, and it's a, it's a great lesson learned. Um, taking that kind of building on that and what you're doing now, do you like, how do you ensure you mentioned Larry? Um, I feel like I know him now. Um, <laughs> the, uh, like how do you help him ensure, or even at on purpose growth for that matter, how do you ensure your trajectories, you're maximizing your sales trajectory, your revenue trajectories for your, your prospects, your clients, your, the companies that you support, the fractional CROs that, that might come to you. I, I think, uh, I, I think at now that we talked about that, it's very similar where, you know, I find out what people want mm-hmm. for themselves, find out where their shortcomings are and basically say, Hey, do you see that too? And they go, yeah. Okay. Then let's, let's, let's figure out, let's figure out a way to support you, to get you, get you what you want. Right. It slightly changes for everybody. Right. It's not fully custom, but um, it's, it's having, having their best interests in mind and then creating an accountability structure around it that allows them to hold themselves accountable. Like Larry, I don't, I don't. So accountability, I think is this weird thing that people believe they can make other people do 
And it's not oh, true. I'm a parent and I've been trying to do it for my 20. Yeah, uh, me, <laughs> like, me too. <laughs> me too. And, and what I've learned is helping people create their own accountability structures and helping them work and live in that. Yeah. So that, that, that with or without me, they'll be able to do it on their own. Right. Like, like, uh, uh, there's, I got a couple clients, the, the greatest clients show up to these coaching sessions and go, okay, they kind of run the meeting, right? It's like, Hey, it's this, 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 mm-hmm. hey, I need advice on that. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm just pointing things out. Like, Hey, did you think about this? Or you think about that? Okay. And then ending the meeting with, Hey, okay, what are you going to commit to, to do between now and the next time? And then just remembering, okay, deep you, you, you said you committed to this, this, and this, tell me what happened. Right. And, and and people learn to take care of themselves. Right. Because I can't I can just create a space for them to be accountable. I can't make them be accountable. Have you ever had someone who makes it like has yet they're still in the process of finding accountability for themselves? Right. Like in turn. And what I mean by that is they know it's good for them. Everybody knows what's good for them. But there's, you know, people procrastinate where they find excuses to why they haven't accomplished whatever they were supposed to accomplish. Like, how do you keep the, the accountability in bite-sized chunks so that it, they're easy to accomplish so that they can feel forward progress and holding themselves accountable? Uh, it's, it's all how you manage change and habit forming, right? I, uh, I've studied, I'm right now I'm getting certified in something, uh, called tiny habits. Uh, mm-hmm. there's a, uh, it's a book by a guy named BJ Fogg. Stanford professor has studied behavioral change for, for 20 some odd years. His students, uh, he actually had the, um, founders of Instagram as students. So, and so they, they put these, these, methods into Instagram and it took off and it's allowing people to, well, helping people make small chunks, right? That's what you said is small chunks. And then, and then, okay, make that chunk a little bit bigger and make that chunk a little bit bigger. Right? Like, so, so like, here's a, here's a perfect example of like somebody who has never done sales or uh, asked for referrals. It's like, okay, so between now and next week, I want you to identify three people that you're just going to ask for referral, right? And then just go do that. Okay. And then see what happens. What did you do? Well, I asked these two and I, I, uh, uh, I, I, I pushed out on the other one. Okay. What happened in your mind? Right. Yeah. Why? Yes. Okay. So, so let's go for three more and let's work on that mindset. Right. And it's doing it in small chunks. And then once they get in the rhythm, it's like physics, right? Once you get something in motion, it's, it can go faster, easier, right? Stay in motion. So just lop it on top. So managing, managing change for people so they can do it. So they feel successful because when they feel successful, yeah. whether it's huge, that's huge. You, they can do more, right? Trying having somebody go from zero, like let's say they're cold calling goes from zero to a hundred cold calls, I think is just destined for failure. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's the goal. Exactly. Yeah. All right, go. You're going to finish. Like I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go call your hundred people today. Yeah, that's that's it's crazy, right? I mean, you you want to get them to that point, yeah. but it's ten, right? Because ten could take them all day long, right? Yeah. Like I'm not gonna pick up that phone, right? Yeah, like, they're just the staring at the phone. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you know, um, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. Looks like we're coming up on time. Um, is there anything that 
you'd like to share with, with the listeners that we didn't talk about regarding sales or anything for that matter? I would say, uh, uh, and my partner Jeff came up with this and I agree with it. Mindset trumps technique 100% of the time. If, if you're trying to change Love that. or improve something, work on your mindset first, because if you just try to change the actions or the technique without, uh, adjusting your mindset, the change you want is not going to happen. Mindset trumps technique. Yes. That's money. Yep. <laughs> That's really good. Really, really good. All right, Brian. Well, well, thank you so much for for joining me today. Um, And everyone listening, thank you for, for listening in. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks, Brian. Oh, thanks, man. Be sure to check us out at www.excelogy.com. 